Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to now be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Missouri, my guests are twin brothers who make up two-fifths of the band State Line Drive. We're just past the halfway point of June, and they are already booked out as far as November, doing shows this year ranging from Missouri to Washington State, Oregon, Kansas, Indiana. Wow. Uh, They once opened for national Christian recording artist Cutlass and had previously recorded under the band name Double Vision. You've been hearing an original song of theirs from that disc. It's called Here Am I. Please welcome Mason and Micah Mars. Hey, Bruce. Thanks for having us on today. Absolutely, guys. Uh, Thank you for taking the time to do this. I just rattled off a long list of locations where State Line Drive is playing in 2014, and actually your band just played last night. Yeah, we were uh, at a youth, uh, played for a youth event um, somewhere in Kansas, and we play a lot of country music, so this is a good time. Good, and uh, let's set the stage a little bit here for the listeners. For openers, tell the audience how old, or I should say, how young you are. Yeah, we are, uh, we're 16 now, about to turn 17 uh, in August, early August, so we're almost there. Okay, and... Uh, just a little history then. You started Double Vision when? We started Double Vision when we were, when we were about 12 years old. Wow. Uh, and that really started just, uh, we started doing a lot of street performing down at a city market near us, um, just playing on the street corner for tips. So, so how did two 12-year-olds decide to, to start such an endeavor are you do you come from a a musical family uh was it inspired perhaps by music there that you were involved with at school or church or or just kind of fill us in on that because 12 is is pretty young to be getting out and doing it the way you did it and not just you know sitting around the house singing at the dinner table yeah you know we uh we have uh, some some musical people in our family our grandfather was a worship leader for many years and our parents both sing a little bit so we were always grew up around the influence of music um and then of course being in church uh you hear the band play uh, we've been to uh many uh, revivals and, and youth uh, events things where they had bands come in uh we're just really inspired by that uh, and seeing uh one their dedication to just ministry and then uh just hearing them play the music we love the way it sounded and and how it looked and thought that would be pretty cool so at about 10 years old uh we told our parents we wanted to start playing music and that uh, i kind of said we'll take a year of piano first take take piano lessons for a year um to kind of see if you're serious and plus that'll give you some good basic knowledge um with music and theory and all that so we did that for a year and then got uh, i got a guitar my brother got a drum set uh, a year after that 
and uh, we've just been going ever since. I got a guitar. My brother got a drum set. So the piano lessons never uh, manifested in either one of you to decide to stick with it? Yeah, uh, not really. <laughs> well, we still both play a little bit, but uh, not a whole lot. Um, it's mostly by ear. Yeah, yeah mo- mostly we just play by ear. Uh, none of us read music. So. <laughs> okay. And there's a little story behind the band name State Line Drive. Explain to the listeners what that's about. There's a couple of other kids in our band, um, and they're both from Kansas, and we're on the Missouri side. And so uh, in setting up band practices, we were constantly having to cross state lines uh, to, uh, to play music. So that's kind of where that inspiration came from. Yeah, I don't know if uh, the listeners always can even really wrap their head around Kansas City, Kansas, and Kansas City, Missouri. <laughs> and obviously, uh, between yourselves and your friends, you became uh, all too familiar with getting from one to the other. Uh, your band then is rounded out by three other guys. We want to be sure to mention them since they're 60% of the band. So go ahead and, and you started to allude to them. Tell the listeners about your other bandmates. Yeah, we have a guy that lives uh, just uh, down the street from us, goes to our church. His name is Isaiah Carter, and he plays bass for us. Um, the other two guys that are in Kansas, they're also brothers. Um, they're Jordan and Joel Mills. And did you already know them did you seek them out how how exactly did you come to put the band together we actually uh met jordan and joel um when our band double vision wanted to uh record our first cd project we were uh looking at different studios um and it was actually their dad that uh engineered the project for us and then you know in doing that we got to talking and he said that you know his two sons play music and so we got together with them, just started jamming a little bit. Um, and so that's kind of how we got connected with them, how we met them, started playing music together. And it's been the same configuration the whole time. You didn't uh, add or subtract other players. Uh, for the most part, we have some. Sometimes when a, a certain member can't make it, um, you have a, a guy come in and fill in because um, we like to keep ourselves pretty busy. And I understand other people have different schedules sometimes that can't uh, line up with that. But for the most part, it has been the same uh, same four or five guys. Well, I'm interested to hear you say that uh, in the sense that I talk a lot on this on the show about you know up and coming singers songwriters entertainers that are listening to this podcast trying to learn from others that are that are the guests on the show and it's great to hear that you do have people in your network that you can draw upon if one of your players is not available how do two 16 year olds already know that many players that if somebody is unavailable you are able to grab someone how, how to you know share with the listeners how how you were able to to build up uh enough contacts where you're not going to miss a gig just because one guy's not available yeah, you know, the more you play music, you uh, a lot of the things that we do, even if it's a, a church event or uh, sometimes it's country music at a, a fair or a town festival, um, usually there are other bands there. So you get to meet them and talking to them. Um, and in doing that, we've met some other bands uh, that are our age. Um, so it's nice to be able to call on some of those people uh, when we say, hey, we have a guy that won't be able to make this show. Uh, would you be willing to come and play for us? And they're usually pretty uh, pretty good about saying, hey, I'm free that night. Might as well go play some music, make a little bit of money. So um, it's nice to be able to have those connections because you can call on someone else. Um, and you, you still have the ability to take the, take the gig um, and you don't have to suffer because one person uh, had a scheduling conflict. Yeah. And as far as making connection, connections go – um, 
we even had it happen with a gig. We had a band call us um, and said, hey, we got this opportunity to play this show, um, but we can't make it. Do you guys want to take it? Um, so we've, we've been able to play uh, new shows that way. Wow. And that's a good that's a good lesson that I hope the listeners are picking up on as far as you mentioned it in the early part of that answer that you're out playing at fairs or festivals or whatever it is and you're talking with the other bands that are booked to play that day meaning don't go to these fairs or festivals or wherever you're booked listeners don't go there and perform and just show up play and leave and not talk to the other performers number 1 it's just going to hinder you in terms of making these potential contacts. And number two, you will be looked at uh, as as sort of, you know, being a diva, so to speak. Yes, Mason and Micah? Yeah, I definitely think that that is uh, 100% accurate. I think that um, it's very important, not only, like you said, to be making those uh, connections that you can then use uh, to help you out in the future. If you have a show where um, you can't, you have a guy that can't be there, um, you can, you're able to call someone and have them come um, and, and play that show. Um, it's also very important to, uh, to be there for the fans as well, you know, before and after you play, um, you know, it's so much more than just, um, the amount of time, you know, if you're told to play for 30 minutes, you, you, you're sort of, that's the time that you're on stage, but there's so much more to it than just the time that you're playing. Um, there's the time before, uh, when you're talking to the organizer of the event, you're talking to the sound guy, uh, you're sound checking, uh, making sure that all that is good. And then afterwards, when you're talking to the fans, when they want to come up, um, I congratulate you and uh, talk to you, get their picture taken, buy a T-shirt, get an autograph, whatever it may be. Uh, you want to be there uh, for them as well. I know sometimes it's hard. We've done shows in the past where it's really hot. We've been playing outside for an hour or two, and and uh, we really just feel like getting in the car and turning on the air conditioning. Um, but it, it's those times where it, it's so important to uh, to understand that that. Um, that time that you're going to spend with the fans after really does have an impact. And anything that you can uh, say uh, to them, any pictures that you take is going to impact uh, whether or not you're brought back to maybe do the same thing the next year. It's also important um, when you're talking to the organizer of the event, uh, when you're talking to the sound guy, any interaction you have, you want to put off, uh, I guess you want to sort of uh, project uh, professionalism in that sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. and knowing that uh, anything that you say and do while you're there um, reflects on you, reflects on your your, your band, um, and it's so much more than just playing music. Yeah, absolutely, and and very good advice. Uh, I tend to find myself every every couple of podcasts telling the listeners this is not scripted. We didn't rehearse this. Uh, I'm just thrilled to hear. The brothers say what they just did there because they're they're exactly right, you know, in that that's a great time to do your promotion. And, and you may think that it's one harmless conversation or one innocent comment, but in fact, all you got to do is make a bad impression on the wrong person and, and bad news will travel fast. Uh, when you right. mentioned about, um, you know, playing in the heat and wanting to get in the car and put the air conditioning on and take off, I guess I should back up to the comment about State Line Drive and uh, Kansas City, Kansas, and Kansas City, Missouri. When when you're going back and forth to where your bandmates are, approximately how long a drive is that? Uh, it's not too bad. It's a little longer than we're used to, um, but it's uh, like 30, 45 minutes, I think, to get to their house. 
Um, so it's, it's not horrible. We used to, back when we had our, our other band, Double Vision, we had some guys that were more locally uh, kind of here, right around here, like 10 minutes away. So it was way easier to get together for practices, and they would come over for, for shows, and we would all ride down together. But now it's a little bit tougher uh, with someone living 30, 45 minutes away. Um, you had it takes more uh, intense planning to get practices scheduled and all that. Yeah, now we have to really plan out our practices um, in, in advance. Normally, we were able just to call um, call the other guys from Double Vision um, and just ask if they, you know, we can do a practice tonight and they'd be able to get to our house in time. But now, you know, with a 30, 45 minute drive, you, you can't do that. Well, and I think that's kind of what separates the men from the boys, so to speak, in that if you know that you have to make a drive that long, it's either going to make you really committed to your music or it's going to make you quit and decide it's not worth driving back and forth all the time. And now, granted, you know, there is an option C, which is we find guys that are local instead. But I think it's great testimony to the devotion that the two of you obviously have to State Line Drive and, and the other three in the band as well, um, you know, that it's not really a a factor that has impeded you from having the progress that you've been making. Yeah, it's definitely something that, uh, that, that we see is it's definitely a challenge, but honestly, I think that it's worth it. If you find the right people being our age, we've had to, um, sort of wade through a bunch of people who say that they want to play music, but they don't necessarily want to be as serious as we're trying to be with this. They don't want to be as, as booked, um, and things like that. So, I think when you find the right people, people that are committed to what you're doing, uh, you sound good with them, um, and they, they really love what they're doing, and they love hanging out with you and playing music, um, it's definitely worth the drive, I think. Well, and we've talked here, uh, actually, on a, on a podcast um, back in the single digits. I don't remember which number it was, uh, but the conversation was about the negative energy that you could bring into the studio and how that does translate onto the finished product, onto the recording. And it does happen, you know, with live stage shows as well, that if you are showing up upset because you just had to drive 45 minutes or you had to drive two hours, it's going to come across in your stage show and the crowd will in effect pick up on that as will perhaps some of the more influential people that might be around there, even if it is the person who booked it, who realizes that, you know, these guys just seem to be going through the motions. They don't really seem to be giving it their all. So it is in a sense, you know, an obstacle that you do have to address and and overcome it so that it's not an obstacle. Yeah. um, You know, that we ran into that last night a little bit. Um, As we mentioned before, we had a show last night and before that Mason and I, um, had just gotten back from we had a, a music thing we were doing in, in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota so we drove the six and a half hours uh, mm. back and we barely made it in time for the show wow. um, so we basically had to jump out of the car and, and run to the, to the stage <laughs> and start sound checking and, and getting ready to go um, so it, it's, it's super easy when you get in that, in that uh, situation where you're just not really feeling it um, you feel like man I just kind of I don't want to really give it my all I'm just going to kind of do whatever I need to do to to, to get through this and then I can go home and I can sleep. But it's, uh, it's very important that you, you never take any, uh, any performance lightly, that you always show up with the same intensity, no matter what, uh, no matter where you came from or what you've just been doing, that you always put on that face. It's important to do that. Um, because you never know who's going to hear you, who's going to be in the crowd that could, that could potentially have another gig opportunity for you. Um, or someone that has a, a really cool connection. So you, you want to make sure that you're always giving it everything you got, 100% every single time. Well, not to mention that for those of us that are believers, 
we recognize that it's a blessing to to be able to get up on stage and and make music in the, in the case of you know stepping on stage at state line drive and knowing that this is a blessing and we've been given this talent from god and we shouldn't just kind of take it for granted and uh right. put it on all autopilot tonight yeah, definitely. That's um, that's something that we've seen. Uh, I know with we did worship music for a long time, and and when you travel around, you do these camps and things. You tend to stick to songs that you know, and the, the sort of desire and drive to learn new songs isn't um, there a ton because not very many new people. I mean, you have new people uh, hearing what you're doing every time, so uh, there's not a lot of repeats. Uh, so sometimes it can get uh, if you don't if you're not careful, you can kind of stick to the same songs. Um, and in a sense, sometimes that's good because you know they sound good because you've done them over and over and over again. Um, so you know they're really tight. However, um, you can get bored with that uh, really easily. You know, you, you play the same 10 worship songs at every worship thing you do. <laughs> um, and you just, uh, you notice that uh, it, it just gets boring. Um, and so sometimes it's good to throw in some new songs and spice things up and get you excited again. And even though he wasn't singing about performing music, the uh, the Matthew West song, The Motions, quickly jumps to mind because he's saying in there, I don't want to go through the motions. I don't want to go one more day. And that's, you know, that's what you're saying is, you know, this is nice that these songs sound so polished because we've been performing them so long, but I don't want to just get up here and go through the motions. You know, let's learn a new one or let's, you know, get some originals going or something. Right. For sure. I am Bruce Warzniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Missouri are Mason and Micah Mars from the band Stateline Drive. Check them out online at www.statelinedrive.com. They are also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, so be sure to check them out there and engage with them through those social media sites. There are links to all of those right on their website. Be sure that you're checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, that's H-E-A-R, and sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too, please. Feel free to use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. So guys, I've seen videos of some covers that Stateline Drive does. Uh, I know Double Vision was focused primarily in the Christian genre. Stateline Drive does some Christian shows each month, and you and your band members lead worship at your respective churches. What genre, or genres plural, are you trying to market Stateline Drive as, being that you have deep Christian roots but also do cover songs that aren't Christian? Yeah, um, as we began to think about, you know, we wanted to really spend some money on marketing um, State Line Drive, um, and we began to think about that, and we did, uh, decided to go more towards the countryside. So uh, right now we do a lot of country music, um, both covers, and then we're getting into writing more originals now. But, you know, we always enjoy uh, playing a worship gig every now and then. You know, that's, you know, why we do this. You know, God gave us the talent, so... You know, we're always going to use that for him. Then having done um, a lot of worship stuff in the past, we found that that is sort of uh, who already sort of knows that we do this and the country stuff didn't come as easily. Um, so if we were going to spend some money in, in marketing, um, that that was where that was the direction we wanted to head um, because we knew that there were people already out there that knew that we did worship stuff. Um, so we would have camps call us to, hey, you guys want to come lead worship for our camp or come play at this youth event? Well, we weren't having as many invitations to come play at town fairs and things and do country music. So um, I think if you're going to spend some money in marketing, just some advice, spend it. Uh, it. Now, if you really don't have that 
big of a fan base at all. I mean, any type of music, obviously, just spend it where you're trying to go. Um, but uh, if you're trying to do several things, spend it uh, where you're not getting as many invitations to come play because um, it's going to pay off now. You know, now we're seeing more. Uh, we still have the worship invitations. In fact, we just did a camp last week. Um, but uh, we're starting to see more invitations now to come play at town fairs and festivals and things like that. So. Uh, for the listeners who want to see video of Stateline Drive, right on the homepage of the website, there's an electronic press kit video. And actually, for that matter, if you click the watchonyoutube.com option, you can then find a bunch of their other videos. But guys, the EPK video looks really good. Um, who did that for you? And did you need to do any kind of fundraising to finance that? Um, you know, we were blessed in having uh, have done this uh, for so long, you kind of take a little bit of money out of each out of each uh, paycheck that you get, thrown into account. So it's easy to uh, to kind of save up for things like that pretty quickly. Um, you normally we take twenty uh, percent of all, uh, just right off the top of whatever we make for for a show, um, and put it into an account for new sound systems and new lights and 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 stuff like that, like videos and paying someone to design a logo or uh, do a website for you. All that stuff costs money, and that's that's uh, where we usually find it. Uh, we had a guy. His name is for. Ruz Z, I think is his last name. Um, and I'm not sure how we met him. We actually have uh, some guys that go to our church. Um, they're adults, um, and they have a, they have a band. Um, and uh, we began to talk to them about, you know, promo stuff and, you know, how, how they've been doing that. Um, and they told us about um, the guy that they used um, for a little promo video. Um, and so we, we got connected with him um, and uh, just set up a day just to meet and talk about, you know, the vision for the, you know, for the EPK um, and kind of what we wanted to accomplish there. Um, and so and he, he just uh, Farouz is a really great guy, um, just solid guy, solid guy, really creative. You know, that's one of the things one of the areas that I like is she's able to like he's able to look at something and have ideas um, and a vision as to what we could do with the space or what we could uh, how we could sort of present this. And then I see the finished product and I'm like, I would not have thought of that. So it's always good to surround yourself with people who uh, who have qualities that you don't because it's going to ultimately enhance your final product of whatever it is you're trying to do. Guys, I have to say, really impressed. I mean, listeners, these these two are 16 years old, and and the discipline that was just demonstrated in talking about. I mean, to sit there and make a statement like every show we take 20 percent off the top. We have an account that it goes to. They're 16 years old, and and they're showing that kind of financial discipline and recognizing. Well, hey, you know what? There's expenses that are going to come up. We might need this. We might need that. We're talking about marketing. You know, and before, like we said, the, the discipline of enduring a 45-minute drive uh, just to go rehearse, and you know, not to mention longer drives for gigs, which of course people say, "Well, I'll drive, I'll drive that long or longer because I'm getting paid." Uh, but you know, really, hats off to you guys for for the kind of discipline that you're showing. And I would have to say that that's that's a long that's that's a big reason why you're having the success that you're already having. Yeah, you know, we've been blessed to have uh, people around us, our dad especially, who has poured uh, time and energy and a little bit of money in this thing in the beginning. Um, and then just teaching us, I mean, we learn life lessons through this. I mean, you look at uh, 
just saving in general, um, taking money off the top and setting it aside. I mean, that's just a life lesson. Um, but we've, we've been blessed to have people around us who have given us really, really great advice. Um, and honestly, that's why we're where we are, uh, where we are today is because of uh, the, the people, our parents um, and just other people that have been really supportive through all this. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is if you go to Nashville, that doesn't mean you're automatically going to make it there. There's no one there who isn't already doing what you're doing, so be humble and just sing your songs. Everyone there will tell you it starts with the song. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. Uh, State Line Drive is in the planning stages of your next recording project. What are you able to share at this point in terms of uh, you know, where it might be recorded, when it will come out, how many songs, the, the usual details? I think right now we're looking uh, to do about uh, five or six songs um, on this project uh, just to get something out there. Um, we've been st- starting to write a little bit more now. Um, you know, up until this point, we've been writing a lot of, you know, Christian worship music. Um, so it was kind of a difficult transition into the country side of it um, to, to learn how to write a country song, um, what that looks like. And, you know, we've been blessed to have some. Uh, good songwriters that we've been able to talk to and uh, send ideas to and just kind of talk through some stuff. Um, so that's been really great. Um, but uh, we're looking to release it um, in January is when we'd like to have everything done. By. One of the things that we've uh, really seen helpful in this is uh, being able to co-write. That's one of the advice. We had the opportunity to go uh, last summer and meet with some people down in Nashville um, and talk to them about lo- a lot of writers down there, producers, and, and the advice that we heard from them is, is co-write. Um, and that's something that wasn't terribly new to us because we're, we're twins, so we're used to – so anytime I had, I had a song idea or Mason had a song idea, uh, we would sort of share those with each other and help each other working on those. So we were kind of used to it, but it was different um, now to be able to pull some other people into it, the other guys in the band. And we have a girl now that's been uh, singing with us lately. Um, so we had, we've had some co-writing sessions with her. And it's really nice to be able to come in with one concept and then sort of be able to bat that around and say, hey, what if we took this spin on it? What if we said this what if we said this this way um it gives you a fresh perspective on it which is always really nice and i think it's becoming a a prerequisite now in every episode almost that the guest anticipates a question before i even ask it because i was going to ask you uh you know these these original songs if if you're doing them just the two of you if it's any of the other band members if it's uh other writers um you know because as you mentioned you know after doing some some covers uh you get pretty comfortable and then you challenge yourself and ps we're also doing a different genre we want to go towards country so the whole burden of of taking on now we've got a song right who's going to do it what ideas do we have the, you know the fact that you're doing it in a different genre um you know i i don't think that the significance of that can be overstated 
Yeah, it's definitely something that we weren't used to. You know, as I mentioned before, we were very used to, um, from a very young age, just writing uh, Christian songs, praise songs, um, and songs just about stuff we were going through in life. And and so that was always what really came naturally um, to us to write. So it was it was difficult to sort of say, all right, how do we write a country song? What does that look like um, as far as format? What are some good topics? And then, of course, you have to find uh, topics for, for songs that are appropriate for your age and, and being the fact that we uh, – do have a relationship with Christ. We don't want to do anything that would dishonor that um, as well. So um, it was a little bit of a challenge at first. We're still sort of uh, struggling with that. And uh, just the more you do it, the more experience you have, the better your, the better quality your stuff's going to be as you continue uh, to, to write uh, more more uh, country music. So it's uh, it's been really nice. I, I've enjoyed the the challenge and uh, to have it be a little bit different um, is always good. Well, and uh, I'll tell you, this this episode is, is just becoming chock full of lessons because, again, you touched on something that I think is hugely important, and it's terrific to hear that at 16 years old, you do recognize that you can't write songs that are not believable being sung by 16-year-olds because there are people out there that are getting songs handed to them that someone else wrote, and they're singing lyrics that, you know, these these might be people that are 18 years old, and you're going, how could they possibly have had that life experience at 18? And the reason is that it was written by somebody who's, you know, probably 30 years old. So, uh, again, it's it's an important lesson that you've quickly learned that what you do write has to sound like, yeah, I can believe it coming from these guys. Yeah, and we even you know found that with covers um, as well. You have to do uh, songs that are appropriate for you and that fit you. You know, as sixteen year olds, we can't be talking about drinking and stuff, you know, because we don't because we don't do that. Um, but uh, so it's just finding. Um, songs that are appropriate for your age, you know, writing them as well as covers. Now, there's nothing wrong with finding songs. I know for our, our last project, uh, the one that you mentioned, that song is on Here Am I. Um, that's actually the name of the project itself. Um, and for that one, we found, I think, three songs uh, that other people had written. Now, that's a little bit different on the Christian side than the country side because there's not going to be many lyrics that you can't sing uh, at any age um, for the Christian stuff. But... Uh, we found that there's nothing wrong with with finding songs that other people have written. However, you do have you do run into things like you have to pay for the rights to the song, um, any sort of things like that that you have to deal with. It's, it honestly, I think it's just all around better to write your own stuff. But sometimes uh, people are going to be able to take a perspective on something and they'll have had a life experience that you haven't that you say really just resonates with you and fits with you as far as your values um, and you as a person. Um, you think, hey, I could see myself singing this, um, and it's true to who you are still. So. Uh, I know that the listeners are wondering how a band made up of it, at, at least in the case of just yourselves, uh, two 16-year-olds, is able to pay for getting a CD recorded. How will this new project be funded? Will you have an investor? Will it be self-financed? Will you do crowdfunding? Yeah, you know, uh, in the past, I know that's how we funded our last one as well. There's a really great program out there called Kickstarter. I don't know if you've heard of it, yep. uh, but it, it's uh, it's a website, and it goes for any sort of creative project. So if you have a painting or anything, um, any sort of thing that's being created, so you do it for a CD project, what you can do is you go in there and you make a little video and you say, hey, guys, uh, this is what we're trying to do. This is who we are. This is what we want to accomplish. This is how much money we want to raise. Um, and then you set little things. So for certain donations, uh, people can get, like I know we did, 
uh, I think $10, you got like a free t-shirt or something, or you got a free copy of the new CD. Um, all the, I mean, you can go all, all these different uh, reward systems. I think for like 20, we did a t-shirt and a bracelet or something like that. Um, so you have all these different sort of reward systems for, for different, uh, donations. I think for $500, we did like VIP passes for life or something like that. You can get <laughs> kind of fun and crazy with it. Um, but the only kick there is, uh, you have to make sure that you raise the money, um, in the amount of time allowed. You can pick however long you want that campaign to last, um, but it's all or none. So if you say you want to raise $3,000 in two weeks, if you don't get there, no one is charged and you don't make the money. So you want to make it a realistic goal. Um, but there's also something to be said for setting the time a little bit shorter. You know, you always worry about that. But with having a little bit shorter, you create a sense of urgency. And then uh, at that point, you just want to light up social media. I mean, that's a huge thing as well, um, just in anything that you're doing, is using social media. In the world we live in today, um, that is just, I mean, everyone's on it. You got- and, you know, we had that struggle a little bit uh, when we began to look for a new band name as we began to transition into more country music um, and found the name uh, State Line Drive. Um, you know, a, a big piece of that in the world we live in today is social media. Are you able to get the at State Line Drive or State Line Drive at, at gmail.com or whatever? You know, just getting all of the social media sites to get that name um, is, a, is a big deal in the world we live in today. Yeah, so using that in any way that you can um, and then having people that um, that just know you and are, are proud of what you're doing and they, they want to help support you. Um, usually we find, uh, especially people in your church are, are really willing to. We've had lots of just people say, hey, I just want to donate some, some money to what you're doing. So that's always really, really uh, a huge blessing to have. So is that a safe assumption then that you will do crowdfunding for this next project? Um, I believe so. You know, we're not quite sure uh, how the financial side of that is all going to work out. As we mentioned before, the other two guys in our band, uh, their dad uh, does audio recording. Uh, He did our last project or uh, our uh, first project. Um, and so, uh, now as we sort of transition to this country project, um, he'll probably be the one to do the recording and I'm not sure how we'll work that out financially, but I'd, I'd imagine if, uh, if we do end up having to pay for something, um, Kickstarter is going to be a great way for us to, to be able to do that. Yeah. And we've, uh, we've talked about crowdfunding on several past episodes of now here, this entertainment. And I want to remind the listeners who are considering crowdfunding, to look around because, uh, as the brothers mentioned, you know, with Kickstarter, it's all or nothing. If you set your goal at ten thousand dollars and you raise ninety two hundred, and the deadline ends, you're not going to get any of it. Now there is RocketHub.com, and mind you, I'm not endorsing any of these. This is strictly for information purposes only. But with RocketHub, if you again, same example, if you set ten thousand as your goal, you raise ninety two hundred. The only difference there, you're, you're not going to get zero. Uh, you're just not going to get the whole amount. They just take a bigger percentage than you would uh, than they would if if you reach your goal. So, uh, those listening who are considering crowdfunding for whatever your project is, research them. I mentioned Rocket Hub. The brothers mentioned Kickstarter, but there are a lot of crowdfunding sites these days. So, don't just jump on Kickstarter because it's the best known one. Do your research and you know, decide internally what, what is best for you. I am Bruce Warzniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Missouri are Mason and Micah Mars from the band State Line Drive. Check them out online at www.statelinedrive.com. 
They are also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So be sure to check them out there and engage with them through those social media sites. There are links to all of those right on their website. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz. That's H-E-A-R. And sign up for the e-newsletter there. And please subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it as well. Feel free to use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook, become a Twitter follower, or subscribe to the Now Hear This YouTube channel. Guys, I want to get back to the list of shows that I referenced in the introduction of this episode. How has your band been so successful at getting so many bookings, not to mention in so many different locations? You know, a lot of it, it all comes down to uh, who you know. Um, is there someone that, uh, that you would be talking to that has a possibility to get you booked somewhere else? A lot of it, you play a show, um, if they like you there, they'll recommend you to other people that say, hey, I'm looking for a band for this. Um, so that, again, goes back to how important it is when you're at a show um, to be just very polite and uh, very friendly to the organizer of the event because you never know um, – what they can do for you, who they can uh, put your name in front of um, and get you booked somewhere else. That's what we've seen a lot of times is uh, you go to a show and some, they recommend you to someone else and they use you and someone else recommends you to someone else. And it just kind of grows um, on it. We've made jokes before. If we ever want to stop, it's going to be really hard to do that because you say, all right, we're not doing any more shows after this day. But then people will hear you at those shows that you're doing <laughs> and say, hey, will you come do this? So. Um, it really does just grow um, and sort of compound on itself, which is really nice because um, it makes it a little bit easier. The more you play, uh, the better chance uh, you have of getting booked. And then we had the opportunity uh, in January to go to uh, a convention called um, the Missouri Affairs and Festivals. Missouri Convent. Association yeah. of Affairs and Festivals, yeah. Awesome, sorry. <laughs> um, and that was just a it, – it's all the fairs and festivals in Missouri. And they have them all over for, for the different states. And so we were able to set up a booth there and uh, talk to some people, meet some people, um, give them our information, and then make follow-up calls. It's very important when you do stuff like that to be very, very persistent. Um, we would get their contact information, and then a couple of months later, as people were starting to book things, uh, book bands for their events, uh, we were on the phone with them calling them and saying, hey, we met at the uh, the convention. I'd love to talk more about maybe coming out and playing at your fair, your festival. Um, not being shy and being very uh, willing to put yourself out there and because uh, that's what's going to get you booked. And a lot of times if you're just starting out, you know, we had this um, just starting out. It's very important that you do uh, free stuff. Sometimes it's going to be a lot of things where, uh, well, uh, it doesn't pay anything, but you really need to go do it um, because it's going to get your name out there. And like we said, someone could hear you there and invite you to come play at something that does pay. It all grows on itself. So, Yeah, and you just mentioned in there, um, you know, with, with Now Hear This Incorporated, uh, there's a four P's approach that I always talk about, which is, Patient, polite, professional, but persistent. So you do have to be persistent, uh, you know, because at an event like that, they are meeting so many other acts. You've got to do something to stand out while you're there, and then after the fact, you've got to do the follow up to stand out. And they'll say, you know, I, I admire the persistence of these guys. They're they're obviously dedicated to what they're doing. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it takes a lot of work, um, a lot of time on the phone. 
Um, and just being willing to put yourself, I mean, I know they gave us uh, a booklet of all the fairs and festivals um, that attended the conference. So even people that we didn't meet, we had their contact information. So that was one of the things that really stretched me uh, personally was having to go down and call these people that I had never met before. Like, hey, you don't know me, but I'm with State Line Drive. Um, and you give them your, their, your information and you say, hey, continue some videos. Um, you can check us out at our website. Um, I think we actually did get a booking or two out of that. So it's very important um, to just be willing to put yourself out there um, and be willing to, to you know sort of hustle the gigs a little bit you got to put in the work and the effort in the beginning uh, to see the, the fruit from that so. and a lot of this is you know so people see you on stage for 45 minutes an hour two hours whatever it is um, but you know a lot of the work is uh, behind the scenes stuff um, you know as far as hustling to get the gig or loading the trailer before um, you know, so there's a, there's a lot of work done, uh, you know, kind of behind the scenes that, uh, you know, the people don't see when you're just on the stage. So it's important to put that work in as well. I have to ask, how do you manage to stay so busy with playing shows and working on music? What was needing to keep up with school? It gets uh, it gets tough sometimes. We, uh, you know, it's always something that our parents have been very supportive in our, our music and understand that. Uh, um, these are sort of life lessons that we're learning out here doing this that we wouldn't necessarily learn in a classroom. Um, but however, I do see the importance of being in school. It's very important to, uh, to learn what you're learning there to prepare you for stuff like college and, and, and for the future. So, um, it, it gets tough during the school year. You do sometimes have to scale back. Uh, if you, if you see that you, uh, that you're struggling with something in school or you need to uh, just devote more time to it. Um, it, it's honestly hard because I mean, I honestly love what I do. Um, I'm sure Mason and the other guys would say the exact same thing. So it's hard to have to, uh, work around that, but we make it work. That's why I love the summer, honestly, is because we don't have that anymore. So I can, all right, time to just be free and focus on learning new music and playing shows. So. It's um, it's a really great time, but it's definitely a struggle having to, to balance all that. Okay, but the time discussion aside, now that now that we've talked about doing music while having to be in school, what other than that do you find to be your biggest challenge in trying to keep State Line Drive going in an upward direction? Um, that's a very good question. Honestly, I think it's just... Uh, attempting to surround ourselves with people who continue to be uh, just as committed as we are. I think we found that in these guys. Um, but there may come a day where they say, hey, I, I had this thing and I'd much rather do that than, than play the show. And, and that's uh, something that we'll have to face if that time ever comes. I can't make anyone be committed uh, to, to doing this. So it, it is hard just because of you know the time that we have to put in order to make this work. You know, it is a lot of driving time, a lot of practice time. Um, and then, you know, especially the summertime, you know, the gigs get pretty crazy. So, um, you know, we'll have three or four gigs in a week sometimes. And, you know, that's just a lot of time to, to ask of somebody. Um, and so it's hard, it's harder to find people that are willing to give you that time. And honestly, that's what we that's where we are now is, is trying to um, balance. We have some people in our band, uh, our bass player especially has, uh, I think, a couple of jobs and he tries to do this as well. We've been fortunate enough to be able to make enough money at this um, to not have to get a real job. Um, but it's uh, it's definitely hard to ask someone who has a job, um, who has another employer that is saying, hey, I need you for these days. And they have school and they have family things on top of that. 
um, to ask this that much of them. So I understand if someone um, you know ever says, "I just can't do this anymore." Um, but uh, it's definitely something that that I know Mason and I are very committed to. So we're we're in this thing for the long haul. Okay, but you're also twin brothers. Um, we've talked on this podcast before about. Uh, people have guests have weighed in on the whole idea of whether somebody should be in the same band with their boyfriend or their girlfriend or their husband or their wife. Now, it, it's always been said that siblings will be close, but not as close as when you're twins. So, does it become more challenging because you're, you're twin brothers that are in this band together, or does that actually work to your advantage because you just by nature are so close with one another? Um, yeah, uh, I think, uh, you know, I, us playing together um, so far has really benefited it. Uh, you know, we live together, so we're able to practice whenever. Uh, and I think just we, we, we have a connection just personally. Um, so I think on the stage, it makes it, um, you know, we have that connection as well. You know, we're able to kind of follow each other a little bit better than I think you know, some of the other guys are. Um, so yeah, I, I really love playing music with my twin brother. I'm able to sort of sometimes give him a nonverbal signal, um, and he just kind of knows where it is I'm wow. going to go with. This wow. So that's cool to to have that connection to like he's really sort of um, just right there with me wherever I decide to go. Yeah. Um, he can follow that really easy. So that's really nice uh, to have. But it does pr- pr- present his challenges. Um, you know, you have uh, different styles as far as what you think you should do with the song. Uh, him being a drummer, um, he really likes to just play drums really loud all the time. Um, <laughs> so sometimes I'm like, all right, let's scale it back. Let's see what we can do. How can we how can we uh, focus more on the lyrics and uh, um, kind of where where else we can go with the song? So we have some some creative differences sometimes, but I think for the most part. Um, it, it's very beneficial to have someone you're that close to uh, working alongside you. And honestly, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, there's a, a little something that happens on stage. You can't say, oh, well, when the gig's over, I don't have to see him for another couple of days. Guess what? Not only is he going to be there when you get home, he's riding home with you. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and on that note uh, about riding, um, you know, again, 16 years old, and the, the two of you have been playing for a long time. There's got to be somebody in the household that is truly committed, that has been doing all the driving for the two of you all these years, yes? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Our dad has always just continued to show um, just crazy support for what we do. Honestly, I told him that the other day. Um, He's just like, he's not like other parents. He really does. Um, Sometimes it even comes down to him putting his his own life and responsibilities and his job on hold to support us and what we do to drive us places and make sure... Um, that we're able to pursue this song. We're just absolutely incredibly blessed to have that because we would not be where we are today without his support. And how, yeah, happy belated Father's Day to him. Uh, guys, we're uh, just about out of time, but um, just two final questions. Uh, you've done a lot at such a young age. Give us what might be your top highlight or, or one of your top highlights in music so far. You know, you mentioned uh, earlier uh, the fact that we opened for Cutlass, and that was really cool. We got to meet them. Uh, they had their big tour bus parked next to uh, to where we were, um, and they had a little trailer set up for us to hang out in. But right before their show, they came out. We got to say hi to them when they signed the inside of our trailer. And uh, it was really cool just to, to meet them and have that experience um, and to see someone who's really just living uh, what we sort of aspire to do and, and to be. And it, it was uh, – 
just something cool. It was our first gig we ever had roadies. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, we, you know, we hit the last note of our, of our last song and, uh, I, I turn around and, uh, you know, pick up my water bottle and my set list and, uh, I turn around and my drum set's gone. You know, wow. they'd already taken it off the stage. So <laughs> that was, that was pretty cool. <laughs> we, we, uh, we're really uh, blessed to have happen. We were asked to play at the Ronald McDonald House, which is a, an apartment place for parents whose kids are in the hospital and they're having uh, extensive treatment. The parents can stay there um, and be close uh, to their child while they have that that done. And so um, we got to, to play there. So we were just starting to play some music, and there was a little boy there who was in a wheelchair. And uh, he was kind of just kind of rolling around in a circle, kind of dancing a little bit. Um, we got to talking to his family. And, and then he finally said, he goes, I want to dance. Um, so his mom went and grabbed uh, a walker that he had just recently gotten. He had been uh, in physical therapy for a long time and just really, really struggling to even stand up and to use any sort of leg muscles at all. Um, so she puts him in his walker and uh, he just takes off down the hallway. And it was, we, uh, we saw, um, his mom just start to cry. She puts her, her face in her hands and just crying and mm. laughing, and smiling. And, and at that point I had no idea. And so I asked, I said, um, why are you crying? She said, that's the first time he's ever walked. Before. Oh gosh. And it was really wow. cool to be uh, a part of that, to have that experience at the time. We didn't think anything of it, but we had no idea that God was going to use, um, our time and, and what we did in such a powerful way. Yeah, it was really, tremendous. Really uh, guys, lastly, we're going to close out the podcast by giving the listeners an opportunity to hear the Double Vision song, Here Am I, in its entirety, since I was too busy talking over it at the beginning of the show, and then we had to dump out of it. Um, just talk about that song, though, now, if you would. Yeah, um, you know, when we wrote it, it, we really just wanted to focus on, uh, you know, sometimes we see um, in our own lives, and we see this in Scripture, um, people who feel uh, like they really don't have much to offer God. God wants to do something great with them and, and in them and through them, and they feel like, man, God, what can you do with me? I, I'm, I'm nothing. Uh, but God just wants our lives. He just wants us to say yes. Um, and he's going to give us the power, and he's going to give us the words to say uh, when the time comes. And so we need to trust that uh Whatever he has for us, he's going to give us the power to, to accomplish. Um, and we just need to be willing to say, not here am I. I'm going to give you my everything um, and watch you um, work through me. Outstanding. Outstanding. Uh, brothers, thank you so much for your time today. Really enjoyed it and uh, very impressive. Please uh, stay in touch. Keep up the great work. Oh, thank you so much, Bruce. Thanks for having us. My pleasure. I would like to formally thank my guests, Mason and Micah Mars, from the band Stateline Drive. Again, check them out at www.statelinedrive.com. Be sure to like their Facebook page, watch their videos on YouTube, and follow them on Instagram and Twitter. Don't forget to visit www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too. Maybe even a five-star rating would be terrific. And remember that if you're listening on SoundCloud, that you can like and share episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online at www.cbpro.net. 
That's CB as in crystal blue. Thanks for listening. As promised, we'll send you out today with the full version of the song that you just heard described. This is Here Am I from when Mason and Micah were double vision. Oh